Snowman. We're waiting for you. This is Snowman in the Morning. Tall Man is back. Cole Johnson is back. That man in charge of Cole Sports. And I want the awards this year again. <laughs> what am i talking about folks um cole sports puts on like an award ceremony that has you laughing for 120 minutes <laughs> and um he asked me to voice one year the dolt of the year award which i did and then he asked me to Basically, be the MC mm-hmm. for the sec for the second one. That was 2019. Mm-hmm. Now he gave me the scripts on um, on on what to on what to record. Like I said, this was 2019, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering how the hell am I going to record all this and get it to him as fast as fast as I can, and I'm still working. So I improvised. I snuck to work a couple of hours early. Okay. And the 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 house was quiet. I was a uh, direct service professional at the time. And the house was quiet and I said, "Okay, I'm going to borrow about 20 minutes and get the recordings done." Mm. I had to try four different times because each time I nearly was done, the phone rang. Oh no. and i had my entire setup microphone mixer laptop everything i brought everything Mm -hmm. for the fifth time was fifth time was a charm i got through it i sent it i I sent it to cole it wound up being Mm -hmm. perfect because one night i listened to it at work and it's used and it was on a sunday i listened to it at work and i had all the folks in there cracking up (laughs) <laughs> oh you had them listen to it i too. had them listen to it <laughs> i had them listen to it because they came to me the guys came to me like we need something we need something to listen to i said no problem and that's when i pulled mm. up your I, I pulled up your show and mm. some of the guys in there didn't didn't like sports but they caught on to everything that was going on and mm-hmm. they were dying they were yeah. dying laughing. Kelsey Nicole Nelson lent a hand as she did the red carpet. A couple of oh, other folks awesome lent. A, she is man. She is man. But when I did that, when I emceed that show, that was one of my my best works. Yeah, uh, and and uh, I, I and this this all came about basically just talking with you and and knowing what what you like and one of the things that you that that you like and of course. We both love sports, so that's a that's a no brainer. Yeah, no brainer. But yeah, so I, I was thinking, huh, what else does he like? Well, well, he definitely likes play by play personnel and, and and personalities. Okay, and then when I heard that you had a game show love, <laughs> yes, and this was. And this is after I asked you to do, and you did a good job of that too. This is when I, after I asked you to do the, the to do the uh, adult of the year, right? Uh, presentation, right? I said, huh? I mean, I, I mean, I normally take care of it myself. So I'm like, why don't I actually, why don't I actually uh, make Brian sort of like a Rod Roddy type? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, all right, just pitch it to him, see what he says. And when I did, you ate it up. 
And then not only did you eat it up, you knocked out the park. I was like, oh, man, this this couldn't have gone any better than I thought. This was absolutely spot on perfect. I when, loved it. When I did the Dole of the Year uh, for mm. 2018, before your 2018 right. awards, it was mm-hmm. a combination of three of my favorite voices behind the microphone. Johnny Olson, Rod Roddy, and, of course, Gene Honda. Mm-hmm. And I called on I, I called on all of them, you know, to get through the get through the script. I read it, read it several mm-hmm. times, and then my wife heard me record it, and she mm-hmm. says, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm doing this uh, project for Cole for his award cer- award ceremony," and I recorded it, and it took one take, and all I looked mm-hmm. up and saw was her her smile. And I said, I have the feeling I'm on to something, and I, I hope Cole will ask me to do this again. Well, <laughs> the project got bigger. It got bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and I was hoping, I was like, man, I hope it don't turn me down because it's going to be, it's probably going to be a tall task to ask him, but I'll ask. <laughs> and you were willing to do it. I was happy. I was happy that you did it. Like I said, I imp- the day I recorded that, I improvised because I had mm. to get some, I had to get somewhere quiet because. I couldn't do it yeah. at home because if I try to do it at home before I go to work, I'm going to be rushed. So mm-hmm. that's when I left early and I went to work and I, I, I recorded it there. So, folks, when the awards mm-hmm. come back, I'm going to be on there some kind of way. I haven't figured out mm-hmm. what kind of way yet. Um, mm-hmm. Just chopping it up here with Cole Johnson and yours truly here on Snowman in the Morning. Hour two, Bill Shonick will come at the bottom of this hour to talk Spurs. Thank you to Eric Wilson for coming at the bottom yeah. of hour one to talk WNBA and women's sports in general. I'd, I'll share this story. When I was covering mm-hmm. Lewisburg, the, when I was covering the mm-hmm. Lewisburg Hurricanes, junior college in Lewisburg, North Carolina, mm-hmm. I wanted to do softball because I already got the okay to do mm-hmm. baseball. And I said, can I do softball as well? And Mike Holloman, very dear friend, said, yeah, go for it. I don't know why I was wanting for someone to hit a, a, a grand slam, but I already <laughs> knew I had the call in mind. Mm-hmm. Any Seattle Mariner fan would be familiar with the, uh, with the name Dave Niehaus, the late, great Dave Niehaus. And I, I was waiting for the day. To, I was waiting for it to happen. And I'm going through the season. I'm thinking, okay, no one's going to hit a slam, so I can't break out my grand slam call. Mm. Yeah, I went to Pitt College. I drove out there. It was hot. It was like 85 degrees at first pitch. And um, in the second inning came my opportunity because uh, the young lady that was batting, um, Jennifer Wilson, Hit a grand slam and out my mouth comes, get out the rye bread and mustard, grandma. It is grand salami time. <laughs> oh, I figured. <laughs> I was thinking, because I, I, I was like, I'm, I wasn't familiar with the name, but I was familiar with the call. I was like, is that the one that always termed grand salamis with grand slams? Yes. That's in that was. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're having fun here on the show. As I mentioned, Cole Johnson riding shotgun with me. Uh, Bill Schoenig will come at the bottom of this hour to talk San Antonio Spurs. You're live on snowmaninthemorning.com slash live. Thank you for joining us. Now, 
It's Wednesday. Will you give me a bronze sexual confession, please? Or actually, it's Tuesday. He usually does it Wednesday. But considering the fact that the Lakers play tonight, <laughs> which is where I wanted to circle around to anyway, but considering the fact that the Lakers play tonight and they think they're going to blow out the Golden State Warriors, will you give me a bronze sexual confession, please? Okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Let me see. Oh, Lord. Let's see if I can remember it. I'll, I'll do a, a bridge version. Okay. Well, I'm, I'll mean the bridge version of, of the beginning. Okay. In a world where con- well, in a world where partial greatness is celebrated and total greatness is shunned, lies a figure that stands above them all, greater than Michael Jordan, greater than Kobe Bryant, greater than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, greater than every other player that's existed since 2003. And with this fandom, there was no end in sight. Welcome to the Brown Sexual Confessions. <laughs> so you all celebrate the fact that you now on 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 the LeBron's because they're not really the Lakers, it's the LeBron's to you fools. <laughs> so now that so now that you, for the LeBrons, have the team that you wanted because you have every single big name that you can muster. I mean, you have Trevor Ariza, you have Dwight Howard, you have DeMar DeRozan, you have Rashawn Rondo, you have Carmelo Anthony, and, and, and of course, the big jewel of them all, you have Russell Westbrook. Yes, Mr. Triple-Double himself. I know, bronze sexuals, you were going absolutely hate <clears throat> for this guy <laughs> being on your squad. I know it because I saw it. I know it because I heard it. I know it because I sensed it because you slapped on a yellow and purple jersey on that fool with the zero on it for almost a full year before he got traded for by the LeBrons. I mean, the Lakers. Here's, here's the skinny. You all could be happy about the fact you have all of these names. Most of them can be in the retirement home right now. But what I find insulting is that you just simply overlook and over... <sighs> You you overlook and underappreciate a man who is in his prime as we speak. No, it's not LeBron. No, it's not Westbrook. And it most certainly is not Carmelo. No, it is Anthony Davis. The best player you have on the Lakers. Not LeBron, bronsexuals. Anthony Davis. That is your best player on the LeBrons. I mean, the Lakers. So... (laughs) But you, but you just gloss over the fact that this guy is supposed to be the what one of fourteen Robins to LeBron's Batman. <laughs> uh, it's almost as if you throw you throw the LeBron signal in the air, and everybody everybody has to bend to the whim 
of the guy that's wearing the purple and gold wings and and Batman and Batman outfit. That stands six eight and two sixty, and everyone else has to be in Robin leotards. Listen. <laughs> Here's how it's going to go, Brunsexuals. LeBron is not the greatest player of all time. LeBron is not the best player in the game today. In fact, I said it before tip-off of the first game last year. When you all wanted to come at my neck and I said that Kevin Durant is a better basketball player than LeBron James is at the moment. Not of, all, not of all time, but as of the moment. And that was in December of last year because they tipped off a little later than this year. Yep. And you all said, you all came to me and said, well, but Durant, he, he, he's been injured for a full year. When he actually could do what LeBron does, then come back to me. Or, well, who won the latest championship? Or does he have more rings? <laughs> all of those pathetic rationales that I heard from you bronsexuals in defense of your king <laughs> was absolutely ridiculous because you all proved my point yep because my, my bigger overarching point was and still is LeBron in his Hedo days you're not going to ever see again because Never. he, in it, yeah, exactly. Because he, in the twilight of his career, is going to have to be a a a little bit of a shell of that greatness that we saw when he was 28, 29, and thirty. Because his body is not going to take the pounding that it was able to take when he was in his prime. And what happens? He messes up his ankle. He sits on a sideline for about a month and a half. And then when he comes back, he actually utters the quote, oh, I said it wrong, but I'll say it this way. <laughs> he had to nerve and the temerity and to say, quote, I will never be 100% ever again in my career. Close quote. Don't. That did not come. That did not come out of Bryant's mouth. That did not come out of my mouth. They came out of your king's mouth. And so now, when you actually get the chance to see your superstar, your head coach, your general manager, and partial owner of the LeBrons take the court this year, understand this, Bronsexuals. You have a team. That half of them is over the age of 32. They have the over. They have the 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 oldest median age of any team in the NBA. Almost one of the oldest median ages of the NBA of all time. Uh huh. And you're asking them to be healthy most of the year. They get to the playoffs, then go through the playoffs. The rigors of that all the way to the finals and win a championship and be a team in, in solidarity from now, which of course we tip off tonight all the way until father's day ish. So we're talking about 
eight months, they have to be on their best game, healthy. So you're basically so they're basically asking a miracle. <laughs> See, and I didn't even have to say it. They are asking for they're praying. Look, I know prom sexuals. You were hitting the knees hard. You're saying, "Please, God, please deliver a championship they're, to my LeBron." They're, they're hitting my Le- They're hitting the knees harder than Stephen A. Praying for a number one pick for his Knicks. Yeah. <laughs> My LeBrons are all I have. My LeBrons need a championship. My LeBrons need to topple all of those other greats of all time. My LeBrons need to be better than Kareem. They need to be better than Larry Bird. They need to be better than Magic Johnson. They need to be better than Kobe Bryant. And they need to be better definitely than Michael Jeffrey Jida. Please, Lord, give the LeBron's a championship in June of 2022. I need it now. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) You buffoons need to understand that if your team comprised of Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and Russell Westbrook can be on the court for 50 of the 82 regular season games. You might as well consider that a victory because that's not going to happen. They are so decrepit, they are so old, and they are so injury-laden that they need to paint a handicap sticker on each paint on both sides of the court. And heck, they need to actually supply... And they need to supply you all with walking uh, with walkers so that they don't fall over themselves on the court. The Lakers are too old to get the job done. I will say that again because I know broad sexuals, you have an issue with English. <laughs> the Lakers are too old to get the job done. Not Anthony Davis. He's old enough to get the job done. The problem with him is he is injury prone. Mm -hmm. But the rest of that crew, Carmelo, Rashawn, (laughs) uh, Dwight Howard, and definitely LeBron, they're all too old. And even you can group in Westbrook too. Mm Mm-hmm. They're too old to give you a championship. They're too old to give the LeBrons, I mean the Lakers, their (laughs) 17th championship. (laughs) They're too old to do it. So get this through your head. The best you've ever seen a LeBron has passed. Now you get a chance to celebrate the fact when he becomes the most prolific scorer of all time, and he gets his 10,000th rebound, and he gets his 10,000th assist. When you can celebrate that, then you should be happy because that's the only things he's going to get in terms of accolades. That's it. Championship, championship glory? No. You can kiss that goodbye because it's never going to visit the doorstep of the LeBrons ever again.
I mean the Lakers, ever again. Ever. As long as LeBron is on the team. <laughs> this has been another installment of the Bronx Sexual Confessions. Oh, bravo. Bravo. <laughs> oh, and while we were doing this Bronx Sexual Confession, a piece of news has come down. What? Oh, yeah. A little bit of breaking news, which mm-hmm. ain't a surprise to me, but I'll go okay. with it. Okay. Ben Simmons has been suspended for tonight's game against the Pelicans for conduct detrimental to the team. Basically, Ben Simmons is in Philadelphia. He's a member of the Sixers, but doesn't want nothing to do with him. So not and and I add this, and this is per um, Adrian Wojnarowski from uh, ESPN, who says it's a recurring theme. We've seen this for two years now. Not only should they not play him, they also should not wait for it, pay him. Pay him. <laughs> oh, this see this 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 melodrama gets better by the day, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, you know, I have to right now. I have to thank you, Ben. Thank you for making the the off seasons for the NBA exciting. Because I knew that your butt, because you signed that contract last year, that you weren't going to go anywhere because you had too many years remaining. And with that future performance in the playoffs, there wasn't any team that was going to touch you. Now, they will give you lip service and say, well, he has the talent. He's a great elite defender. He has the ability to to distribute. But when they saw that you shrink in the fourth quarter of big-time games. They said, no, thank you. (laughs) The other other 29 teams, and I'm talking about not just just seeing teams like the Nets or the Hawks or the Suns or the Clippers – no, I'm even talking about the. T- I'm talking about teams like the Rockets and the Timberwolves. Yep. Teams that really do need you and are, they're bottom feeding. They didn't want you. So now you have to pay the piper, literally, figuratively, and mentally. But I don't think you will, because you still think it's the team's fault. Fool. <sighs> Daryl Morey, you fool. Bill Shonix next after the break. Tuesday edition coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina, and also from Nashville, Tennessee, with Cole Johnson riding shotgun. And I am proud to welcome a broadcaster who has become a very, very dear friend. Please help me welcome the voice of the Spurs, Bill Shonick. He joins me right now via the hotline. What's up, Big Bill? Always good to be on with Snowman. Always good to be on with Snowman. You ready for another season? You got the full 82 this time. (laughs) Yes, sir. 
uh, I'm ready to go. Ready to go, ready to rock and roll. we got a young team, but uh, I think uh, they're going to surprise some people, and uh, we're going to be a uh, real up-and-down kind of ball club in terms of getting up and down the floor, playing a lot of pressure defense. Uh, you know, I'm sure they're going to make some mistakes because they're so young, but uh, I think they'll be a lot of fun to watch. It is going to be fun to watch to see um, how the Spurs get uh, uh, get this season started. With the players that are gone, who do you, who do you think they would miss, they'll miss the most? Uh, they'll miss that collective uh, corporate knowledge that guys like LaMarcus Aldridge and Patty Mills and DeMar DeRozan and Rudy Gay brought to the table. Uh, but they made that conscious effort during the offseason to get younger and to try to really build for the future with a nucleus of good young players who uh, are athletic, who work hard, who work well together, uh, but are short on experience, quite frankly. So I think that, that that's you're probably why you're going to see maybe some ups and downs this year because young teams aren't usually consistent. Uh, but they do have uh, a very consistent coach, Greg Popovich, who's about to begin his 26th season uh, as the head coach. And, of course, that's the longest-tenured coach in NBA history with one ball club. It is indeed, and Coach Pop is still around. I had the chance to work with uh, Bill Schoenig, uh, a couple years ago, hope to get a chance to work with him again. You open with Orlando tomorrow, and then you go to Denver, and then you host the world champion Milwaukee Bucks. So three good teams out of the gate. Yeah, there's going to be no easy touches, especially in the Western Conference, you know, because this is a very loaded Western Conference. Once again, there are going to be several good teams in the Western Conference, I feel like this year, Brian, that won't even make the playoffs because – uh, it's so stacked. Now, of course, health has a lot to do with this. So, uh, you know, you, you have to really try to stay healthy um, to really make a, a competitive run uh, for a playoff run. So I think that's probably true with a lot of teams that are right there on the borderline of making the playoffs. So uh, they'll have to, you know, stay healthy and come together. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me to see this team fighting for uh, one of those last spots in the, in the league, in the it, conference. It wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't surprise me either just because of the pure competitiveness of the San Antonio Spurs, and that's been true the entire time. Pops has been, uh, uh, Pops has been the coach. You know, with all the noise that was made with several teams in the Western Conference, the Spurs stayed quiet. You know, and made the moves they they had to make, and as you said, as you said, Bill, um, going to miss just having that uh, corporate knowledge. But you get to see a lot of young guys come together. Who are a couple of guys you're looking to see, like just step into that role and just help the Spurs like get righted. Well, I guess if there's a young leader on this ball club, it might be DeJounte Murray, who's the point guard and has taken positive steps each year of his career. Uh, he's in his sixth year from the University of Washington. It's only his fifth year to play in the league, though, because he lost an entire year with an ACL injury a couple of years ago. But he was the 29th pick in the draft back in 16. He has steadily improved. Last year, he averaged 16 points and seven rebounds. He's a very good defender. He's a very good lateral quickness kind of guy on defense. He gets in the passing lanes. He's got long arms. He deflects passes. And Derek White's also a very good defensive guard and uh, really either one of them can play point uh, they're kind of interchangeable parts but they will start together uh, in the backcourt so those two guys probably will be uh, maybe the leaders of this ball club guys that I think are really poised to take a step forward include Keldon Johnson who played in the Olympic team this year he's only 21 years of age uh, also Jakob Pertl is a very good defensive player um, average two blocks a game last year good rebounder uh, they might want to get him a little bit more involved offensively this year with pick and roll uh, but we've got some young guys coming off the bench uh, including Lonnie Walker, who I think is, is poised to take a step forward as well. He's 22 years of age. This is now his fourth year in the league. He's very athletic, 
and gets up and down the floor. But uh, like a lot of the Spurs, he is striving for more consistency this year. And they also look for an uptick in minutes and production from Devin Vassell, who was the Spurs' first-round draft choice last year. He's an athletic small forward, big guard, if you will, um, and he's a very, very good defender and is improving offensively. He's a very good rebounder, too, for his size. He's about 6'7", 200 pounds, so I expect him to take a step forward. So there are several young players in this program that I think are poised uh, to maybe take that next step. Finishing October's schedule, you get the Lakers on the 26th in San Antonio. Then you go to Dallas two days after that. And then you go to Milwaukee on October 30th. So you get your two with the world champions you know, out of the way. <laughs> That's one way to look at it. But I think one of the ways this team is going to approach you, all of these games, and even these games where they will probably be underdogs in Vegas or whatever, is an opportunity to grow and an opportunity, too, to kind of gauge where they are as they take these steps to see, okay, uh, we can hang with the Lakers. We can hang with these other teams for three quarters and, and maybe hang in for the fourth as well. And uh, learning about executing down the stretch and learning about going up against uh, very experienced players, like in the case of the Lakers or in the case of the Bucks, that, of course, uh, just won the championship. So I think these are learning experiences for this young team. And I think that there will be surprises along the way. I think that they're going to, you know, maybe pull a few upsets and, and uh, you know, who knows what happens. But I think that... Um, with this young team and this young core being very athletic, they're going to shoot more threes. Uh, they're going to be uh, in a lot of games that they maybe people don't expect them to be in. You see them spreading the floor a lot more with this young club, you know, wanting to get up and down the floor? Absolutely. They talked about being aggressive on defense, forcing turnovers, getting out in the passing lanes, uh, forcing the tempo a little bit, uh, maybe even taking some chances on defense, which has not always been uh, a Spurs staple because they had those anchor guys there in, in the paint for years and David Robinson and Tim Duncan. Now, of course, this is a completely different ball club. So I think that uh, you're going to see a lot more threes uh, being shot. That's one of the reasons why they reacquired Bryn Forbes, who, of course, helped the Bucks last year and their run to the title. And also Doug McDermott, veteran player who shoots 42% or close to it from three-point range in his career. So I think that uh, you've got some guys like that uh, that will um, certainly help with the volume of three-point shooting uh, and as well as the percentage. And then other guys who want to get better at three-point shooting, including DeJounte Murray and Lonnie Walker. Bill Schoenig, my good friend and longtime voice of the San Antonio Spurs, joining me today as the Spurs get ready to tip off their season and Bill gets ready to get started with another broadcast season. They will open the season tomorrow, hosting the Orlando Magic at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. I will pick up the game via Sirius XM. Bill, always a pleasure to have you on, my friend. I love you, and thanks for coming on. Love you too, brother. I hope you're feeling better, and uh, you're in our prayers for sure, and uh, we're keeping the, keeping tabs on you. You know, you got a lot of people fighting for you in the corner. So, I appreciate uh, it. We're, we're, all, we're all behind you, bro. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Have a great call tomorrow. All right, bud. Thank you. Bill Schoenig, a longtime voice of the Spurs, joining me. We'll take another break, and then Cole and I will chop it up again. And this time, we're not going to peruse social media. I promise. Maybe. Back in a minute. this twitter thing or this instagram thing or whatever the heck you're supposed to know all this stuff anyway welcome back to the show check out snowmanofthemorning.com for your favorite replays and favorite segments and i'm doing a lot to clean up the website so just check out snowmanofthemorning.com it's a work in progress but just stay with me 
And speaking of being with me, Cole Johnson is here coming from Tennessee. I'm going to read a tweet from Adrian Wojnarowski. I'm going to read two of them. And they go like this. The first one reads, quote, Sixers coach Doc Rivers threw Ben Simmons out of practice today and the suspension came shortly thereafter. Sources tell ESPN. Close quote. Second one reads, quote, Simmons reluctance to physically and mentally engage with the Sixers since his return has been a consistent theme. Sources tell ESPN. Close quote there. Now. Mr. Johnson, by a show of hands, who found this to be a surprise? Uh, somebody raised a hand. Somebody. Anybody. Anybody? Anybody, anybody uh, find this to be a surprise? No. No. Hell no. Hell no. Malcolm, still a Malcolm. This is what's so funny about this. The dude is still a malcontent. Yep. After the man culpa that he should have pulled when he realized that he was trying to stiff arm the 76ers, brass, ownership, coaching staff, All and players. <laughs> he, with his tail between his legs, had to fly back to the city of brotherly love and say, All right, I'm I'll be willing to play with you guys. You know, I, I was I I was in my feelings. I'm gonna be in my feelings no more. I'm sorry. It should have it should have continued from there, but no, he still wants to have a stiff no. upper lip and blame everybody. First it was Brent Brown, now he's gone, now it's Doc Rivers. And if if it, if it's not Elton Brand, it's Daryl Morey. Yeah. If if it, if it isn't, I mean, just just pick your just pick your your player. It, it does not matter. Whoever was there, Tobias Harris, it's his fault. And he's so <laughs> anybody. Yep. Even Embiid. It's saddening and and it's ridiculous to see how grossly immature he is acting to this and because of that and that alone and a lot of people are going to get mad at me for saying this the Sixers will not make the playoffs not with this kind of turbulence and that's the issue and normally normally you'd say okay this team has a this team has enough talent to overcome whatever distractions might come their way but this guy is basically metastasizing itself himself to every fiber of the 76ers organization to the point where I know within my own personal self and I'm not a Sixers fan right but I work but I work with Sixers fans in fact I work with four of them I know to a man all of them want Ben Simmons gone or if he's there they're gonna boo the dickens out of him yep I know this because I heard them all say that out their mouths I've said I've heard it too I'm not a Sixer fan, n- not these current Sixers, but a lot of Sixer fans come up to me and said, do we really have to put up with Ben Simmons? I said, that's up to your management. Yeah. I said, that is up to your management. They should have taken care of that over the summer. But mm-hmm. as you said, no one wanted him. No, no one. No. Because – who would want to have a player who shrinks in the biggest moment in a regular season game? Correct. We're not even talking about a regular season game. We're talking about a playoff game. We're talking about a, a game whole, seven. And in a whole series culminating in said game seven, 
the dude in fourth quarters, in the center fourth quarters, in the conference semifinal matchup with, between him, them, and the Hawks, he only took three, three shots. Three. In the seven fourth quarters that the possibly could have played, he only took three shots. Three, folks. Now, if this, listen now, again. This, listen again. <laughs> three <laughs> shots in, and can I invoke Brent Musburger, please? Please. Can I invoke Brent Musburger? Listen to my sentence, folks. He took three shots in the money period. I'll even break it down for you math, math, mathematicians. So there's 12 minutes in a quarter. You you multiply it by seven. That's 84 minutes. In 84 minutes, this man took three shots. Three. In the in the 84 money money periods. Thank you, Brent Musburger. Thank you, Brent Musburger, indeed. The legendary Brent Musburger. Yes. You're doing the Raiders proud, my friend. Yeah, but uh, I, I, uh, absolutely. Doing broad, in, doing radio sports proud. Mm-hmm. In the 84 money minutes of that series, Simmons only took three shots. What team would want to have him when they know he's going to shrink in the biggest moments of games? Again, three Three shots in 84 fourth quarter minutes. In 84 and, money period minutes. And then this and then this fool thinks that he still has leverage and, and decides to say, well, you know that deal I signed last year? Bump it. I want to go. <sighs> it, it it goes it, it <laughs> It goes to show that, that DJ Khaled was right because he should fly to Philadelphia, look at Ben Simmons' face, and say, quote, congratulations, you play. <laughs> Close quote. Sad, man. Can you do that quote again, please, for those of us in the cheap seats at the Spectrum? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could take credit for it, but this is a DJ Khaled special. He should fly from Miami. He should fly from MIA all the way to Philly. Look Ben Simmons square in the face and just say the following words. Quote, congratulations. You played yourself. Closed quote. (laughs) Sucker. Can I go a little further? With that point? Oh. oh, please. Expound. Ben Simmons played himself at LSU. <laughs> yeah, ben I Simmons played way too early. Ben Simmons played himself at LSU, and I'm getting ready to cuss, because he denied himself the chance to learn a few things we like to call fundamentals. <gasps> no, no, my virgin ears. <laughs> I said it. I said what I look. Most black, most black people on social media want to say I said what I said. Fine, I will use that vernacular and say it again. I said what I said. Ben Simmons played himself at LSU because he didn't want to learn the fundamentals. 
And that also applies to Kyrie Irving, who played a grand total of, wait for it, 11 games under Coach Mike Shishovsky. Oh, that chump! That chump wanted to skip to the pros. If that, if that rule of being, and if, if Mike the said bye bye. Mm-hmm. He didn't want the drama. Didn't understand it back then. Now I understand it. He didn't want the drama. Mike Shishovsky told Kyrie Irving, "Hit the road." Hit, excuse me. I'm sorry about that. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more. He told him, "Beat it." He did it nicely, mm-hmm. as a college coach should do. But mm-hmm. the moment he walked away from Duke University, Mike Shashevsky breathed a sigh of relief and said, Thank God! Because little did we all know how much trouble he was going to be. Back On then. and off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> On and off the floor. And the fact, here's what's so funny that you mentioned, Kyrie. Here's, here's the funniest part about all of this. So, NBA Today fan says, you know, <laughs> he already knows where I'm about to go with this. He already knows where I'm about to go with this. <laughs> they got their hands together. They salivated. They their eyes shined, their teeth gritted. They were like, I know what I know what has to fix this situation since Kyrie's a malcontent in Brooklyn, since Ben Simmons don't want any parts of Philly. Why don't we trade for one another? <laughs> why don't Kyrie be a sixer and Ben be a net? And yeah, I knew where you were going. That path mm-hmm. was lit up. Like a runway with a plane coming mm-hmm. down and us in first class. Mm-hmm. Which, coming into the hangar, you just go, why mm-hmm. do you want yeah. that kind of trouble? Why? Yeah. And, what's, and what's messed up is both these teams would be trading trouble for a different type of trouble. Because... Simmons is still going to be the same sometime player that he was in, in Philly, in Brooklyn. Yep. And Kyrie is still going to be the same the same selfish teammate that he's been ever so uh, <laughs> Ever since he came into the league, he didn't learn sharing the ball at Duke University. That's what Mike Krzyzewski prides on. That's there. Yeah, that is that is his MO. That is his MO. No, so no I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed with either one of them when it came into the league. Everybody ripping up and ballyhooing, saying, "Oh my God, Kyrie Irving's going to be the best in the league." No, 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 no. And I got a friend down in Florida who's a big time Ben Simmons fan, and I get in his face because he showed oh, me I'm- a highlight reel of Ben Simmons, and my response to him was three simple words: "I ain't impressed." Oh, and of course, then you know since. Rich Paul represents him, and and he gets counsel from from Rich Paul's friends, everybody, mm-hmm. including national media, says that all Ben Simmons needs to get is a jump shot, and we're talking about LeBron James 2.0. Oh, God. No, we're not. No. No, we're not. Hell to the no. 
because Ben Simmons, and, and James is not the greatest uh, greatest um, post player that right. I've seen at his height, but at least he sometimes goes into the paint. Mm. Greatest ben post Simmons player. is allergic to, to the post. Allergic to it. Ben Simmons is allergic to the floor and being fundament, a fundamentally sound floor leader. That's what Ben Simmons is 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 allergic to because my God, how many times in that Atlanta series did he post anybody up? I'll answer that. None. Oh no no one, one. The one time that he did post up somebody, and he didn't even post up someone small, uh, much smaller than him. He posted up Gallinari, so he posted up a guy who was not quite as fast as he was. Mm-hmm. Back backed him in, backed him down, did a spin move. He had the lane clear for a dunk. This with like three thirty left in Game Seven, and, and, uh, and he chose the game to pass. And he chose to pass because the guy that was coming to him was Trey Young. Now, people who want to understand, here is the difference: Ben Simmons, six foot ten; Trey Young, six, six foot, foot one. one. A nine inch uh, height difference. All Simmons had to do was just rise up and yam it over the dude. That's that's going up. All you have to do is just go up and try to tear his hand off. Yes. Yes. Posterized the young man. But he was so scared of being in the free throw line that he, he decides to dish off. To the point that the, that the guy who received the dish almost wasn't ready for it. Because he, just like everybody else in the state, uh, everybody else in the arena, Wells Fargo Arena, just like I did, just like you did, Brian, thought, okay, he shook his man. He has a free pass to the gold basket. He should dunk it. Easy. <laughs> if Charles Barkley, who was measured at six foot six but only stood six foot four, could post somebody up bigger than him, i.e. Patrick Ewing, go back to nineteen eighty nine. That is spin true. Spin on him and ram the ball down everybody's throat. I mean, he posted up Patrick bleeping Ewing yes. in a playoff game. Again, yes. the year was 1989. Mm-hmm. Sixers got swept in that series, but still, we it was yes, great basketball. Did. The it year was. was 1989. Okay? I don't know my basketball. The hell with you. I saw it happen. Vern Lundquist and Tom Heitzen called that game. It's game two. So the fact that NBA Today fan wanted to say, well, the Nets and the Sixers could fix their problems by getting the others, quote, elite point guard. Stop. Close quote. Stop. Then all will be right with the world. Okay. I I have one final question before we wrap up shop today. Mm Mm-hmm. Who in the vital blue, yellow-bellied, red-blooded hell called these point guards elite? Because I sure as hell didn't. Who was smoking when they... Well, I'm going to stop before I go nuts. As a matter of fact, we'll we'll answer that in an email tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, too many people, bro. Too many people. Yeah, but I'm sorry. We'll 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 answer that (laughs) in an email. You know where my mind. You know how my mind works. (laughs) Elite point guards. My ass. (laughs) 
Hell, Frank Johnson of the Phoenix Suns could do better things fundamentally than those two. Stop. <laughs> On behalf of Cole Johnson, Eric Wilson, and Bill Shonick, Snowman here is saying, have a great day. God bless. Remember to make your next move your best move. And always remember, if your dreams don't scare you, then they are not big enough. Dream big. Do bigger. I'm stopping before I go completely nuts on this subject. Annie Hoffman and Megan Price will join me tomorrow, and we may have a couple of other guests for you. Have a great day. We're out of here. See you tomorrow, and I'll be at Panera Bread in Raleigh. I'm out of here.